Hey, folks, I'm Tom. I'm Keith. And we're here to talk to you about uh, one of the fine sponsors of Front Row Knowles, and that is the Dunlap Champions Club. They've been with us for the last couple of years. Uh, many of you may have sampled it for the first time during the spring game. Uh, if so, the news was good. They had the biggest crowd they've ever had in there, and uh, from the stories I heard, things went well. Feedback was uh, off the charts in terms of the uh, – it was a great day to be outside, a great day to be inside, all the food, all the drink, all the uh, t- uh, televisions. You, you couldn't miss the action because of all the glass. I mean, there were a number of people – that spent their first game at Doak Campbell Stadium at the Champions Club during that spring game, and uh, they'll be back, and you need to join them. 644-1830 is how you can get some more information or tickets. Uh, you can buy season tickets. Obviously a great home schedule this year. They've also got three-game packs this year, so you can uh, truly sample it uh, before you make the, the the five-year commitment, I guess, to buy the, buy the season tickets. But it, it's worth checking out. Uh, there's a lot of excitement about Florida State football for obvious reasons, and this is one of them very much so and remember with your champions club seats you get opportunity to be in the club on friday come back on sunday uh, you can make it a weekend visit to the weekend destination you'll enjoy it what he said now here's front row Knowles. broadcasting live from the prime meridian bank studios in the capital city of tallahassee this is front row Knowles with tom block and keith jones front row Knowles is brought to you by cornerstone tool and fastener online at ctf.nu now here's tom and keith Good day, everybody. Tom and KJ back with you. Keith, good to see you, sir. Always good to be seen. We are not yet into the summer doldrums, so we will save the talk about LeBron versus MJ or should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame or whatever de facto sports talk topic du jour can be thrown out there in the hot months of July. I'm going to go with MJ and yes. We still have plenty to talk about, actually. Busy we weekend. Very yeah. busy. Very busy. Great weekend if, and, uh, if you're a baseball fan, uh, particularly a Florida State baseball fan. Given what happened on Saturday night, yep. Stephen Wells goes down as the guy who provides the heroics. Florida State gets the win. Mike Martin gets the win record. Obviously, the Knowles didn't win the series, so that lost a little bit of luster. I don't think it should really diminish that accomplishment, though. And I do want to, I think next week on the show, we'll devote more time to this. Uh, as it leads up to the celebration they're going to have for 11 over that NC State series weekend. But it is a – it's more than a feather in a cap. I mean, it's a lifetime achievement award even seems to trivialize it. It's it's significant. Very significant. And, and much like uh, we talked uh, either last time or time before, you know, it may be one of those that never gets broken. Uh, just the way the college game is and, and uh, you know, how long you've got to be in the game at that level. Uh, you know, that, that might be one that, uh, you know, we'll be talking about for decades uh, to come. Here's the thing. As you look at this year's team, it doesn't do anything particularly great. Doesn't pitch overly well, doesn't hit overly well, doesn't field all that great. Hadn't been a great base running team for a number of years. But they're sitting at 32 wins. They've got an eight-game homestand. They're going to get to whatever it is, 37, 38 wins probably. I mean, they should beat JU tonight, Sacrificial Lamb this weekend. Then you get NC State. So they're, the point is... By the way, is very, very good. The point is we just take it for granted that they're going to be sitting there to win 40 again. And it's a team... Now, you can have a whole different discussion about, well, why aren't they great at pitching, running, hitting, fielding? But at the end of the day, 
there's a lot of teams that don't just roll out of the rack and win 40 games. How many how many teams, how many programs would look at, at, at 11 and Florida State's record and say, gosh, wouldn't it be great if we could do that? As we've talked, uh, we've been doing this show for however many years now. You and I have been friends for a couple of decades. It's just like referencing Coach Bowden. 11 is just like Coach Bowden because he's here, because we see him, uh, because we, we know him. We don't appreciate what the rest of the country and in some cases the rest of the world appreciates about both Coach Bowden and Coach Martin. And that's just the nature of, of human nature because it's right here with us. Exactly right. Anyway, we'll talk more about that. I'm going to try and round up a national college baseball expert for next week's show and maybe give some context from external parts, if you will, which is what you're referencing right there as we lead into that NC State series. You know, if you think about it, it generally never happens because Florida State always hosts a regional. But there's no guarantee of that. And there's also no guarantee that 11 is coaching next year. So that NC State series next weekend could be the last time he ever coaches at Mike Martin Field and Dick Houser Stadium. You don't you don't necessarily like thinking about that, although a certain uh, element and, and percentage of our listening uh, base would would disagree with me. They they would like for that to be the case. You got naysayers everywhere, but uh, that's a very good uh, a point. And um, you know, much like um, we didn't get necessarily the opportunity to enjoy one more year with Coach Bowden and all that that might have involved. You know, we need to pay attention. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen down the road. It's uh, eight games to the finish line, then you get to the ACC tournament, then you see where the chips fall in the uh, postseason. But we'll uh, continue that conversation. The men's and women's golf teams are into the postseason, the women's team finishing up, and uh, as we're recording, hopefully playing well enough to move on to the uh, national championships. We're going to hear from uh, FSU's men's golf coach, Trey Jones, later on. His team is headed to the regionals early next week. Softball news, uh, you've got another conference player of the year, rookie of the year. We'll talk to Tim Linnefeld about that. Uh, track is heading to ACC championships. There's still rumors that Ike Obiagu is not necessarily departed yet. Can you shed any light on that? I, from I, your... I've only heard that that it hasn't physically taken place. Other than that, I don't know anything. All those are topics du jour, and we'll talk some Florida State football with uh, a member of uh, Coach Willie Taggart's staff in just a little bit. So that will be uh, interesting. I I also do want to point out this, though. Over the weekend, I think it was Friday night, I ran into the Madison Social Twitter guy at an establishment that doesn't spend money with us, probably because we haven't asked, to be frank. But they'll remain nameless for purposes of this conversation. Anyway, uh, and I later tweeted this. I mean, he's such a big presence. He he all but had bodyguards, you know, to to shield him from the paparazzi that was there in his presence. That's the legend that uh, the Twitter guy from Adso has has established in a relatively short time. You have nothing. I'm you're looking you up. Continue. You're looking up what paparazzi is. I know what you, paparazzi is. Do you know what Twitter is yet? I know what Twitter is. Okay, I'm, I'm just, just waiting to see where you're going with this, brother. That's, wait and see where that, you're going. That's with where it. I was going with it. I also uh, dined at Madison Social yesterday, and the food was good. I gained another three pounds, so there we uh, have that. But we thank them for as, their uh, continued patronage of this program. As soon as our listeners finish with this show, they can head on down to Centrale, and you can uh, watch me and my bride uh, having dinner there this evening. That's our plan for date night. There you go. 
All right. What else you want to talk about before we get uh, into the throes of this with uh, what is a full lineup tonight? It is a stacked deck. Uh, I, I think my uh, biggest thing, I had opportunity to visit with our, our mutual good friend Gene Deckerhoff yesterday. Uh, his birthday was the week prior, and I was six days late taking him his present. Yes, I know. I'm always late. Uh, but at 73, going on 27 in terms of his energy, uh, was just surprised, uh, interested, pleased um, to hear about uh, the Taggart Tour and the Seminole Booster Tour, which Gene is participating in. Uh, record crowds, record enthusiasm. Uh, Coach Taggart continues to hit it out of the park. You know, the one thing I think uh, Gene and I agreed upon is that uh, his chance for stumbling in, in, in everything he's done, the steps he's taken, obviously he hasn't won a ball game yet. Both of us, uh, of, of us said that to each other. He hasn't won a ball game yet. But because he is so transparent, the likelihood of him stumbling or, or falling is so minimal because he's just being himself. He doesn't have to remember to be anything other than himself. And uh, people are just loving it. And even if you're one who's skeptical because it seems too good to be true, even if you don't want to go all in, the reality is at this point you were going to have a new coach. And you could either think that he's making all the right moves leading up to when he play, coaches his first game, or he could be a train wreck right now, and he still wouldn't have a win or a loss on his record. So I'll, I'll take this option. I Without mean, I think, question. I think it's a better place to be. I'm excited uh, personally, uh, Mr. Gene. I don't know if it's birthday celebration or what, but for whatever reason – no, it's a, a long Alaskan cruise. Well, that Alaskan cruise for Gene is allowing me to pinch hit on several of the uh, Seminole Booster Tour stops in June. So uh, I'm going to get to play that role. Let me let me think about that. Sarasota, Atlanta, Dade, Broward, and Naples, I think, are the five stops. So it's like the last third of the tour. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, it will lower the rock star feel to the event, uh, appropriately so, I might add. But uh, nevertheless, Coach Tagger yeah, will be there. So maybe it'll still be rock star level. The, uh, the uh, people watching on Twitter and the paparazzi that will be following Mr. Block will be much less than the Madison Social. Well, with due respect to Gene, it will elevate the Twitter game. The Twitter game will go up for those few days. Uh, you don't know what Gino does on Twitter when he's on that tour. Well, I follow him. Unless you're suggesting that he's got uh, some aliases out there. I'm not suggesting nothing. I have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) We're going to talk about Florida State football right after this on Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and Keith with you, and it is time to fire up the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. We're really pleased to Bring to the program uh, a member of uh, Coach Willie Taggart's team at Florida State. Trey Hackett is the Director of Player Development, and he joins us now. How are you, Trey? Doing great. How about you? 
yourself, guys. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Thank you so much for a, for a few minutes uh, of your day here with us. Uh, Director of Player Development, I'll let you uh, expound upon this, but uh, you know, if you if you look at the the bio and what it says on the website, your duties include leadership training, career planning, development, financial planning, personal conduct, life skills, accountability, mentorship, and it occurs to me those kind of things. I always thought those should be part of a regular high school and or college curriculum because many of us find that out the hard way, which is the hot stove method. Which is uh, so. So tell us a little bit more about what your role is uh, with Coach Taggart. In Florida State, and you read off a lot of uh, what my role is. But at the end of the day, all we want them to be our student athletes is the best version of themselves. And my role is just to connect them to the resources that we have uh, surrounding us at the university and also in the community, making sure that we're developing. When you see uh, here personal development, you can substitute that for human development. But they're developing in all aspects of their lives. Trent, I think that's something that our listeners would be a little more interested in hearing about. We talk about mm-hmm. the, the academics, and we talk mm-hmm. about the athlete, uh, mm-hmm. but that three-legged stool is they also have to develop as a person uh, because no uh, even if they do play at the next level, mm-hmm. they're going to be dads, uh, they're going to be husbands, they're going to be citizens, and um, now's the time for them to grow and learn. No doubt. And, 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 and given Coach Taggart's vision, he's always talking about things like mentorship talking about things like internships. Uh, again, we want to get these uh, these young men exposed to uh, various skills and various people that can help them in their overall development. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's no more than introducing them to, to different areas. Okay, a lot, a lot of times these guys haven't been introduced to certain things. And our job, my job, is to expose them uh, to all those little things, those little skill sets they need in order to uh, continue to develop long after their career in sports is over. Because if we think about it, if you look at their life in football, it's very short time compared to the rest of their lives. So, again, that's what we're doing is preparing them for the rest of their lives. I want to drill down specifically on the topic of accountability. We're talking with with Trey Hackett, Director of Player Development. I, I don't know all the specifics of this, but uh, word seems to be out that there's, for lack of a better term, and maybe this is the term, there's accountability teams or groups within the team of eight or nine or ten guys who are responsible for making sure that everybody else in their group is on time and doing what they're supposed to do. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that setup and how it works? Sure, sure. It's, uh, again, uh, we all have to be accountable to one another. Uh, we're all dependent on one another uh, to be the ber- best version of, the, of ourselves so we can win multiple championships. And understanding winning championships starts with personal excellence. Okay? And so we got to win, though. We got to do the right things off the field, and we believe that it will translate onto the field. Okay? So, again, it's, it's, it's my job to help. Uh, again, uh, develop these young men. A part of that, is, a big part of that, is accountable. Not only that, is teammates. The, the way it really works is once your teammates are able to ho- hold you accountable. Okay, that's when we believe that we'll really thrive. So we want to go for just from just surviving to thriving, and again, in every area of our life. To that end, Trey, uh, our listeners will be interested also to know that there's a little trip planned this summer, a specific trip for the seniors uh, that Coach uh, uh, Taggart is very, very involved in uh, related to getting them off campus and getting them exposed, the the, the upperclassmen, uh, to some things that they're going to encounter in the last couple of years of their career. Yes, sir. So that's part of our leadership development piece. Uh, And again, it's all about exposure. It's all about exposure. So from time to time, we'll take field trips, and we know we all know that 
our seniors have to be our leaders on our team. So we'll make this an annual thing. We'll make this an annual thing. Again, we'll expose them to different people, different career fields, in order for them to, again, build the skill set to know what they need to do to go to the next level. You'll hear a lot of that in everything we do. We're preparing these guys to go to the next level. Again, you've heard that saying everybody's going to be a professional in something. So, again, we think if we can develop them all around their human development, they'll be successful at the next level. Where's the field trip to? Well, we uh, we'll we'll, we'll uh, let you know that here in a few. We we got a couple destinations that we're deciding on, so uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll expose that here uh, in a few a couple weeks here. All right, I just wanted to check. Uh, you know, given Tommy that, wanted to go, he wanted to be exposed well, to something like that. Track. Well, let's be honest. Selfishly speaking, sure. I mean, we're talking with somebody we haven't pointed this out yet, but he goes back with Coach Taggart to the Western Kentucky days, which means the Harbaugh days. Which means I'm wondering, are we, are we going to Rome here in the future? What are, what are we doing in the off season with these guys? <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, we are dreaming very big. Let's just say that we're dreaming very big. There's no limit to what we want to expose our guys to. Uh, but we're dreaming very big, and it will be beneficial, again, in their development as we go forward. I want to uh, ask you a little bit more about Coach Taggart, the player, because you were his teammate. But before I do, when we in the, in the name of player development, uh, you, you've got an opportunity to uh, develop players starting, I think, at the first grade level here with the Junior mm-hmm. Knowles Camp that is coming up uh, June 4th to June 6th. So why don't you give us uh, an overview of uh, who that's open to and what it entails? Absolutely. We're extremely, extremely excited about our junior nose camp. And it's open to uh, students entering the grades uh, first through eighth grade. And what it is is designed to teach young football players about basic fundamentals of football. Okay. And so we're going to coach them up. Our coaches are very involved. So they're actually getting coached by our, uh, our current coaches here on staff. Okay. And I think that's what separates us from a lot of other um uh, junior uh, camps, but our coaches are definitely involved. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have fun with the fundamentals. We're going to talk about technique, uh, but also again, we're going to have a great time fellowshipping with the with our junior nose. And uh, who never who knows uh, that could be our uh, our future nose. So <laughs> we're, we're looking forward to it. How does somebody get more information about it, Coach? So if they want to get more information to, uh, about it, they can go to our website, fsufootballcamps.com. Again, that's fsufootballcamps.com. And check our website out. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to give us a call. Uh, you can call contact Ms. Julie Reed at 850-644-2527. So, again, we're looking forward to it, and I think we'll have a, a great time with our camp. Let me just ask you one follow-up on this, because when I looked at the campsite, uh, there's several other camps, and, and maybe those are all by invitation only because they're top prospects. I'm not sure. But you've got a skills camp, a running back and linebackers camp, specialist, big man. That's the one Keith and I would go to, the big unfortunately, man camp. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And a seven-on-seven seven camp. So are those open to, to, for lack of a better term, general public, or are those you know recruitable players that, that kind of have to be talented enough to get in? Absolutely. Those are open to the general public. Uh, Again, you can get all the information off the website. And, again, the, the biggest thing about our camps, too, is they're going to get hands-on-hands uh, interaction with our, our players as well. Uh, our players are very involved in all the camps. So they're looking forward to coaching them up and um, having fun with them. But uh, absolute FSUfootballcamps.com is open to the public. You'll see the requirements as far as age and grade. Uh, all are welcome to participate. 
Trey Hackett is our guest. He's the director of player development for Florida State, and he has been with Coach Taggart at every stop of his career. He was with him at Oregon, at USF prior to that, and uh, at Western Kentucky where he was a, a teammate. And I'm just curious, you were, you were a linebacker and a good one for the Hilltoppers, so I know at some point in practice you were tasked with trying to chase down Willie Taggart, the quarterback. I'll let you elaborate on how that ended or what you can share about I, I know at some point it happened. I, I tell you what, it, it was a one. It was hands-off, Coach Willie Taggart, I tell you that. Okay, So it was nothing more than two-hand touch when it came to Coach Taggart. Uh, Coach Jack Harbaugh made that very clear to us defensive guys. Two, he was such a slippery player. I mean, he was obviously very athletic, but he was very intelligent. And he knew how to navigate and get through the defense and make sure that, uh, again, he stayed healthy and he stayed untouched. But it was certainly a tremendous uh, honor to be able to play with a, a caliber player like himself. Again, as I uh, mentioned, very athletic, uh, but very, very intelligent, very wise and knowledgeable about the game. I, you don't realize that a lot of times after uh, you, you finish with your playing career, but um, he did some things out there that were unbelievable and really put Western Kentucky uh, on his shoulders, and, and, and it propelled to uh, you know a national championship shortly after we left. Trey, you talk about his athletic gifts. Uh, could you tell with with Willie uh, as a player that uh, he had a future in coaching? Yes, I, I definitely could. It's, it's funny. We talk about the things that we did, the fun that we had, and so on and so forth. But, you know, uh, he always had a vision. He always had a dream of, of being a, a – a, Successful head coach, and and he let that known. He didn't tell everybody, but I can say in our discussions and our and our and our talks, the long night, uh, he always had that dream, and he he's a dreamer. So he had a vision, and he all he's done is executed his vision, and we're here now. So we're we're definitely excited about it, and believe there's nothing more but uh, a, a bright future ahead of. We'll let you go with this, uh, Trey. We're talking with Trey Hackett. What has uh, pleasantly surprised you, and, and, and maybe you knew how uh, great a situation you guys were walking into about either Florida State or Tallahassee, and I don't know how much of a chance you've had in, in five or six months to really get to know the town, but uh, you know, basically since you've been affiliated with Florida State. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been an unbelievable transition. The people of Tallahassee, the community, the way they rally uh, around our student-athletes has been unbelievable. And, and, and that's what's got us so excited because we see so much potential. And, and we want to make sure we tap into all these different resources uh, of, our, of our boosters, our, our, again, our academic staff, everyone on campus, you know, the community. And the other thing uh, that we, we really want to give back, we, we want to make sure that our guys get a first-class experience. And part of that is mentorship and giving back. And, again, the way the community has embraced us has been uh, – phenomenal it's phenomenal and like i said we're looking for bigger and 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 better things as we go forward well we are as well we appreciate a few minutes of your time trey hackett thanks so much welcome aboard and uh, we look forward to getting to know you over the next several years yes sir thank you and go no all right trey hackett uh the director of player development he was a co-captain with willie taggart at western kentucky so i mean he's a pretty good player in his own right 257 career tackles (laughs) led the team with 79 as a senior uh, he's one of a, a, a co- there's a couple of guys on the staff that have been with Willie every step of the way and 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 he's one of them and uh, you know he's an off field technically not a coach 
but really he is a coach, an off-field coach that helps with life skills. And and I wasn't being facetious when I made that comment. I've, I've always thought, you know, you go through, you've got all these core classes in school, but nobody teaches you how to buy auto insurance or how to secure a mortgage or any of that stuff until you figure it out on your own. Well, one of the things you talked about, uh, I had the privilege of listening to Coach Haggett uh, talk uh, to the Varsity Club Board of Directors, and that's why I brought up that, that annual field trip. Uh, they're going to try to schedule something, you know, Atlanta, Tampa, Orlando, something like that. Literally – ahead of time get a group of boosters and former athletes together and go through a two or three day seminar on things on on things and it's the stuff that you would assume that one would know about and your children are still young my children are grown but it was always amazing to me as a parent when my kids got in their 20s the questions they would ask on things I went gosh I forgot to teach them that or I failed to teach them that uh, and it's life skills related stuff and uh, again that three-legged stool student athlete person and they want to make sure they devote some resources to the development of the personal aspect. I'll mention one more time uh, because they wanted to get the word out about uh, the, the camps, at the Willie Taggart camps. The Junior Knowles camp is June 4th through 6th. You can get info at fsufootballcamps.com. Speaking of info, our insider has been uh, patiently waiting in the on-deck circle, and uh, we'll see if we can get him into the batter's box. Tim Linnefeld joins us next. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. We are back. I know you were worried about it, but we survived that break. Hope you did, too. Our Seminoles.com insider Tim Linnefelt has joined us. Tim, how are you? I'm great, Tom. How are you? Good. Tim comes our way via the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. Tim, there's a lot to discuss. We just had Trey Hackett on, and we were talking a lot about off-field football-related things. But this is actually maybe about as quiet a period as we get from a football standpoint, isn't it, now that we're into the first six weeks of the summer? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty quiet. Uh, you know, and obviously the, the spring semester at Newport State is over, and, and guys are kind of setting up for what they're going to be doing for uh, for their summers. But, yeah, it, it is a little bit more... Uh, more on the quiet side, which uh, you know is okay. It'll it'll heat up soon enough. Quiet for the fans. Very very busy right. for the coaches because this is spring evaluation, May evaluation at the high school level for them. They're they're on the road and work. They're out and about. But for Tim, he actually it's easier for him to park when he goes to work every day now, right? I mean, let's just cut to the quick. That's where we are. The students are that gone. That is true. Um, easier to get get into town too, and easy to uh, to get on campus. Anything we we need to discuss on the football front, or just leave it be for? I mean, we've got all summer to get into the you know play the wins and losses game or any of that sort of thing. No, I think it's okay. You know, I uh, I actually uh, had a chat this morning with uh, with Derek Noddy and I'm trying to catch up with some other guys to to see how their rookie mini camps, you know, the rookie mini camps are happening across the NFL, and and so I uh, try to talk to some of those guys and and uh, see how the adjustments. Uh, to, to professional life have been going, so I hope we catch up with another, catch up with a few of those guys and have a story up on Seminoles. dot com in the next few days. But uh, you know, uh, pretty interesting to to hear Derek Nadi's comments on uh, on you know life in Kansas City and then reconnecting with Cam Irving and Terrence Smith and 
Marcus Aligue and, and and some of those guys, and also going to a place where uh, you know they still use the war chant. That's uh, kind of made him feel right at home. So uh, that's kind of interesting, I think. What I want to know, and it's always been fascinating. Tom and I've talked about it. If I ever had the chance, I'd love to go to work for Jacks or Tampa or Miami and learn the salary cap and how all those numbers work. Because I'm a, I'm an academic. Uh, um, geek, geek is the word. Uh, yeah. You know, math guy. But when when do they get their bonus? When when do these guys got some money in their pockets? Has anybody ever volunteered that to you, Tim? Uh, no, I, I actually haven't heard that. I wonder. I don't know if it's uh, if it's uniform for everybody or if uh, if it changes from player to player. I'm not sure about that. Well, and. Mr. Risk Management here to my right, you would be want to know, okay, you go to minicamp, but you haven't signed your contract yet, so are you guaranteed, if your leg falls off, are you guaranteed whatever you were slotted for? And I would presume that's the case. I I, I'm presuming that as well. Otherwise, you wouldn't go to minicamp, exactly. right? Exactly. Well, and you've heard of folks potentially hanging out. Well, not recently, but there used to be rookie holdouts right? where you didn't go to camp until you signed, but with the slotting of the salaries and all that good stuff, and we have completely gone on a rail we Bring have. us back, Tommy. Bring us back. Okay, Tim, uh, ACC softball tournament, uh, I think, begins today in Florida State. Cleaned up on the hardware again. Apparently, the league decided that they couldn't give the Coach of the Year award to Lonnie Alameda for a sixth consecutive year. So somebody else won that. But lo and behold, Florida State won Rookie of the Year and Player of the Year. Am I right? Yes, uh, yes, that's right. And, uh, you know, certainly well-deserved. And when you look at the numbers and the uh, the accomplishments, uh, Jesse Warren and Kylie Hanson, um, they are they are the, uh, the the weekly awards, but uh, but still, I mean, it's Florida State is a dominant program in uh, in the ACC and looking for a fifth consecutive championship. Um, and and you know, I I, I wouldn't say that, uh, that that what that program has done, the consistency that it's reached, like, I wouldn't say that it's undervalued because uh, you know I think we've we've respected what they've been able to do uh, certainly on this program for a while now. Uh, but it's still just a great reminder of, of just what Lonnie Alameda has been able to to build in uh, in her time here. And uh, it's it, it's pretty cool, and you know I'm sure they'll make another run. Uh, you know the the ACC title, I think. You know they're certainly the heavy favorites to win that, and then you head into regionals and super regionals, and uh, you know Oklahoma City, of course, is the expectation. Of course, you know when you when you have an All American player like Jesse Warren, but you know it really speaks to. You know, we talk so much about the consistency over on the baseball diamond, and, and Lonnie hasn't been here for 40 years yet, but uh, but in a relatively short amount of time, she's uh, she's built this program up into you know, really the the upper echelon uh, in the country, and it's a uh, it's been pretty cool to, to watch that program grow and flourish. Both of the golf programs uh, in the postseason as well are working towards the postseason. Let's start with the ladies. They, they're at home, uh, I believe, finishing up uh, as, we, the, as, we, as we speak, as right? We speak. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and they're they're in fantastic shape. Uh, you know, as of uh, as of this morning, uh, they're sitting in second place, uh, three strokes behind uh, Alabama, who's the number two team in the country. The top six teams advance, uh, so no problem for uh, for Florida State there getting to uh, to nationals. And it'll be the third straight year for uh, for Amy Bond and her crew to uh, to make the national finals, uh, which is something that's never been done in school history. So again, you want to talk about uh, coaches that have come in and, and built a program. Uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if you'd say built from the ground up, but certainly renovated and uh, and rebuilt the program. Uh, what they've been able to do over there is is really pretty impressive. And we'll have Trey Jones on uh, in the next segment, so we won't we won't test your uh, your golf acumen here, but. On the uh, on the track, Florida, you know, Florida State, and and it's you know a, a smaller contingent. I realize that's hardcore track and field fans, but you know, FSU was on the national stage and and competing at the highest level, and then dipped a little bit. There was an assistant coach that moved on, but it feels like Bob Raymond has got things back, uh, you know, humming again. I think they're number ten or eleven in the country as they go into ACC competition this weekend. 
No, that's right, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you certainly saw, you know, with sweeping the men's and women's side on the ACC indoor track and field championships a few weeks ago, I think Florida State is expected uh, to win uh, the ACC championship in the outdoor track and field this week in Miami. And, and you know, that's kind of what we got used to around here, and that's sort of the way it feels like things should be, in which, you know, I think the, the real key to that is uh, the sprints are back where, uh, where we're, we're used to them being. You know, Florida State was having its dominant run, and not that long ago, I mean, you're talking about Olympic class sprinter seemingly every year, or every other year. Uh, and there's another guy this year who uh, you didn't even know you did this. The guy I'm working uh, working on a story on for Seminoles.com, a guy named Andre Ewers. He's a top seed in the the 100 and 200 meter uh, competitions down there, and then also he's a key member of the the men's four by 100 team. That's also the number one seed in that uh, in that meet. So uh, he has an opportunity to be the the first. FSU athlete to, to sweep those three events, the 100, the 200, and the 4 by 100 since Maurice Mitchell did it, I think, in 2012. And, of course, he was an Olympian. So uh, you want to talk about you know getting back to the standard that you had set. Um, you're putting yourself in company of Olympians. Um, that, that's kind of how that works, right? That's pretty good. And I was going to guess Walter Dix. I forgot about Maurice Mitchell. Yep, yep. Ahead, and uh, before we get to baseball, uh, just to comment, I mean, uh, two out of three FSU's beach volleyball team, national runners-up, uh, ever so close, actually beat – uh, UCLA uh, to get there, but then in the finals uh, drop to the Bruins. A uh, pretty successful run again for the ladies on that side of the ledger. No, absolutely it was, and you know it's certainly disappointing. I mean, the, the format is what it is. You know, the, they they beat UCLA on the way to that championship round, uh, and it's tough in a situation where you're talking about a double elimination tournament right up until the final round. But you know, we've seen that before. Baseball used to be that way, and you know, the fact of the matter is, when you when you're showing something on TV and, and ESPN, you. Know, ESPN, they, they want a they want a championship match, a championship game, whatever the case may be, and, and so that's just kind of the game that you play. But uh, but you know, obviously a, a great run for uh, for Brooke Niles and, and that team, and uh, you know I'm, I'm sure they're disappointed that they didn't get over the hump then. But uh, you know the experience and going up against, I mean UCLA was no slouch, number one team in the country, and and you, and you know you can beat them. Uh, so it's it's a weird situation, right? You know you 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 normally when you go through those types of experiences, if you lose in a championship match. Uh, you know, you, you take your takeaways. Okay, well, we know what the standard is. Well, we know where we have to get. Well, you know, Florida State met that standard. They they beat UCLA earlier in the week in just kind of a a, you know, a, a, a painful quirk, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, that it ended up with UCLA as a national champion and not Florida State. All right, so eleven gets the record. We got eight games remaining. Uh, what's the uh, what's the short term, long term prognosis for the um, the uh, baseball team here at Florida State? Well, you know, I think they actually played pretty well uh, at Clemson. It was it was good for them to to win that game on Saturday, and of course, uh, Clemson's a good team too, and they won Sunday. But that was a, that was a winnable game uh, on Monday night. Of course, disappointed to to not have it happen. But what you did show is that you know you could go on the road to the number six team in the country, and uh, and certainly you know belong on the field. And not not to say that that's a surprise, but you know you're not too far off of that pace. I don't know that this weekend or I don't know that tonight against Jacksonville or this weekend against St. Mary's will tell us too much. Uh, but, you know, you want to see uh, a, a strong showing against NC State and then a strong showing in the ACC tournament, which over the last few years, uh, especially, and, and last year for sure, but beyond that, uh, the ACC tournament has been a, a, oftentimes a, a pretty nice springboard uh, for this program into uh, into the postseason. So, uh, you know, man, look, I mean, obviously a regional, uh, potentially uh, a super regional, I think it is, is you know, pretty reasonable to, to expect. And then from there, you know, it kind of depends on matchups and, and, and where you can go. Uh, getting Cole Sands back, I think, is a pretty good thing for them, uh, a really positive development. And, uh, you know, man, I, I think it's it's kind of, you know, what we what we typically expect. You know, they're, they're going to win 40 games. They're probably going to make it to a Super Regional. And if things break the right way, they're going to go to Omaha. Well, Tim, I uh, on behalf of both of us, 
Uh, we really want to express gratitude for the fact that you opted not to go to Europe and Amsterdam with the soccer team because you were worried about a bad connection on our show. And so the fact that you remained here in Tallahassee and, and uh, took your turn on the mic, we, we greatly appreciate that. Well, yeah, and also, you know, the, the time change, the time difference would have been really tough to overcome, too. And then there's that. He is our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Lenefeld. Thank you, Tim. You got it, guys. All right. We will uh, continue to keep that uh, Earl Bacon Agency hotline humming when we roll on Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles and back to the Earl Bacon Agency hotline once more. We say hello to Florida State's longtime golf coach, Trey Jones. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. Is this uh, a little bit of a tough week for you? You've got NCAA postseason uh, approaching, but you've also got you know the TPC over at Sawgrass firing it up. So how do you divide your time accordingly? <laughs> well, I, I know where uh, my responsibilities are, Tom, and uh, it's with, with our golf team, and uh, we are just finishing up a uh, team retreat that we do every year. Done it since Brooks Koepka was a junior, and uh, we haven't missed an NCAA championship since doing it, so uh, that's uh, we're, we're headed back to Tallahassee right now. So, so two points: one, and and obviously I knew that was going to be your answer. You know where your bread is buttered, so you're taking care of your team. But but Brooks happens to be paired with Bubba Watson and Dustin Johnson the next two days, and it's an early tea time tomorrow. So I'm just going to suggest that maybe you'll be watching some of it. I will. You know, it's one of those things where I'll have it on my phone, and the, the, the PGA Tour app is really good. If he gets on a hot streak, you know, you get notified, and every time he tees off, I get notified. So uh, I'll be watching a little, but uh, like I said, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, concerning ourselves with Harry Ellis and Jamie Lee. John Pack, Corey Carlson, Bennett Baker tomorrow. Yeah, certainly understandable. So, so tell me about the concept of the retreat and how you've used it, and how effective it's been. What kind of things you do to get the team refocused as you head into the postseason? Uh, uh, yet again, I mean, it's become an annual affair for you. Congratulations, by the way. Well, thank you, and, and Tom, that's a great word in refocusing because they just came out of finals, and in Tallahassee, everyone verifies their greens about this time of year. So it started out of necessity that we didn't have a place to play golf, that every single course had, had verified their greens. And, and we have some great friends in Panama City that, that help us set some things up. And we started doing that. Then uh, then we realized the other things that, that could go along with it, whether it be mini golf or go-karts. Or, uh, we did a football, foot golf thing the other night where they kick a soccer ball into, into a big cup. and uh, so, so there's some team building and, and some things that, that go along with that. Uh, but it is mainly to get refocused, play on great golf courses, and uh, identify, kind of get their attention. Speaking of of a team and, and chemistry, this this has been an interesting group for year for you. There's there's uh, some consistent players. There's some that have been up and down. There's some that have been way up and occasionally down. Uh, how has it been to to manage these personalities? Well, Keith, that 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 has been our season. So for the most of the year. We've had three guys that have been phenomenal, and that's Harry Ellis, Jamie Lee, and John Pack's going to be the ACC Freshman of the Year. Uh, and obviously, uh, we know about Harry. So those three guys 
have an opportunity to make All-American uh, for, for most of their play. Behind that, it's just been a lot of average. Uh, and, and we're shooting 73s, 4s, 5s, counting high scores, and uh, we couldn't ever get it going. Well, we stroll into the ACC tournament, and lo and behold, Corey Carlson, uh, his injury is better. He plays two good first rounds, and Bennett Baker finishes in the top ten. And Harry Ellis and Jamie Lee didn't play well. So if they play well, we feel like we win the ACC championship. So uh, it, ha- it has been unusual, uh, that the inconsistent part. Uh, hopefully, uh, like I said, that if, our, if our good players play good, then uh, I-, I feel like we'll, we'll get some help at the bottom now. Tell us a little bit more about John Pack. I mean, you just kind of nonchalantly dropped that he's going to win the ACC Freshman of the Year. Um, and, w- and when you look at the stats, he's got eight top tens this year. So, I mean, that probably is a foregone conclusion. But, I, I mean, and I know the way you have to split your scholarships and all that. I mean, uh, you've always got, you know, one or two kids at each level, if you will, senior, junior, sophomore. And But he's a, a terrific freshman for you. He is, and uh, you never expect a player to come in and be a freshman to be as consistent as, as John is. But John was a top five recruit in the country. Uh, so when when he came in, uh, we, we felt like that this this could be the uh, national player of the year or the ACC player of the year. And to do that is, is a credit to him. But uh, a hard, really hard worker, focused, ask all the right questions, and, and he asked a lot of questions. And uh, sometimes uh, people uh, laugh at that, but uh, as you know, those are the guys who learn learn the fastest. Trey, you, you talk about being the, a, a top five recruit. How did you get uh, made aware of him? Uh, what was the process like? What was the key to getting him to Florida State? So John Johnson Scotch Plains, New Jersey, and he has a summer place in Orlando. So he would come down and play uh, in the winter months this time of year, uh, and we would see his name. And obviously, throughout the national junior circuit, uh, we we began watching John. And it, the concern a little bit with John early on is, is he's not a very a big guy and, and doesn't have a lot of length and we didn't that's kind of the thing we recruit we like speed but uh his consistency and his ability to play hard golf courses won us over um and and um like the, i think we're, we're we're the last guy standing in the recruiting process there but he he wanted to stay in florida he likes the weather and uh he's uh uh he's committed to four years right now which which is another great thing uh, a local product, a local kid. You mentioned him earlier, Bennett. Uh, he's he to me has been one of the guys that he either plays real well or he plays poorly, and consistency has been his issue. Talk about his development. Yeah, his nickname ought to be Yo-Yo, shouldn't it? I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's good, it's great, and Bennett's not Bennett's not afraid to play good. And what I mean by that is, there's some guys that, that have a comfort zone, and if they start out really well, they'll they'll find a way to get to one over. And if they start out bad, they'll find a way to fight it back to one over. And that's just where they're comfortable. Um, Bennett will stand up there in, in a big golf tournament and hit a shot. It doesn't bother him uh, to do that. And he was our top player in the ACC tournament. He finished eighth a year ago in the ACC tournament and played well for us in the regionals uh, in two rounds of the finals uh, last year. So, um some guys nerve up a little bit, and, and Bennett's got a lot of experience. Uh, so, um, if he feels good about his golf game, then uh, he'll contribute. Bennett Baker, a, a junior from Childs High School here in town. 
Uh, tell us a little bit uh, it, it, as Harry Ellis gets ready to move on. I mean, obviously, you know, even for the non-golf fan, but a, an FSU fan or a sports fan, they're aware that, that last year what he did at the British Amateur and that he went and played the Masters this year didn't have the, the greatest opening round, obviously. But how does he project as, as he moves on and, and finishes his Florida State career at the professional level? Well, there's just been no one that, that I've had an opportunity to coach and get to know that has done all the right things like, you know, Harry does. He's a great captain. He leads by example. These are a little cliche-ish, but, but not, you know, not to me. He'll, uh, he has a, you know, ACC honor roll, uh, Dean's list, President's list, academically, just check, 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 check. Um, he's a player that once he gets to a certain level, he keeps going. Um, he's already got, he's an organized guy. So he knows where he's going to go. He knows what he's going to do. Um, he's going to play the U.S. Open after the NCAA championship, and then from there he's going to return to Europe playing three Challenge Tour events, and then that'll tell him which direction he needs to go between the Challenge Tour and the European Tour. Uh, Trey, was his Masters first round one of those that says, I'm not ready yet, or is that one that just will motivate him off the charts? It's both. It, it, um, it, It helped him identify where, where he was at and that it was harder. Harry's strengths are driving the ball and, and anything off the tee, he's just unbelievable. Well, he only hit three fairways in his first 27 holes. and uh, to, to play against the national from the trees is, is into those targets is not going to be very productive. So um, he, he, he told me that uh, he'll learn more from that than shooting a couple of 75s. Uh, and and having a missed uh, evaluation, so he he knows where he is, and uh, he'll, he's got a good team around him, and he'll uh, he'll continue. But the, the main the, the weird thing is, as you can imagine, I use this analogy a lot. Is it's just so tough for an eighteen year, I mean, a twenty two year old in college to prepare for a major golf tournament, and preparation is so important, and, and so. You know, without being able to do that like the other tour guys, he didn't get to get any in any tour events before he went. Uh, it was it's just a tough adjustment for those guys. So, and it's a distraction as well. And that showed at the ACC tournament. And, and not to be a, a simplistic mind, but uh, talking about a guy who plays from the trees at Seminole uh, as opposed to Augusta. I mean, getting getting used to just having a, a caddy. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that sounds right. that sounds stupid, but they don't play with caddies at your level. <laughs> they don't, and uh, that's twice. You know, we've had a player in, in the Masters, Drew Kittleson, and, and both of them, we let them determine their caddy and stuff because it's, it's their experience. But um, a caddy's important, but if the caddy doesn't know your game and your tendencies, and and if you if it's not your regular caddy and it just pops in for one week, it, it's hard to get them around. The, it's, it's hard to get them around. So if, if you can imagine, you know, a football coach just walking out and starting to call plays for, for a bunch of guys, he didn't, he didn't know truthfully what they could do. It, it does, it does get really hard. But it, 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 it would be the equivalent to, and I use this, is if you were pitching in the World Series and the very next week you came back and you were in single way, and you're on a bus. So it, it, it takes a pretty special player to regroup with his team. You mentioned the word team. Let's bring it back to the team as as we finish this up, Trey. You guys are headed to your 13th straight NCAA regional. You've got the longest current streak in the ACC of advancing on to the NCAA championships at six straight, which is the fifth longest active streak in the country. 
Uh, you're the four seed, I guess, out in Oklahoma, and the top five out of the regional will go to the NCAA championship. So what needs to happen for your, your squad to extend that streak? Well, our, our, our top players have got to stand up and play. And, and this time of year, uh, it, it's going to come down to our really good guys. If, if they'll do that, if Harry Ellis, John Pack, and Jamie Lee will play like they're capable of playing, then, then we're just fine. That'll, that'll be enough and that'll, that'll be good because we'll, we'll be able to, you know, Bennett will be fine and Corey will be fine too. And, and we look for them to play really well. But, um, it, this is a time of year where, where those guys do. The other is, is you want it to be where all five guys are in the round where, uh, even though we, we take five and, and, uh, we only count four scores a day, you just can't have somebody go out and get a lot over par early and, and leave you vulnerable to, to counting a really bad score. So. That would be the uh, that would be that would be the formula. Well, we wish you the best of luck, and uh, we thank you for carrying Jeff Cameron on a weekly basis on your national <laughs> show. By the way, well, he's a superstar, and uh, listen, listen about uh, three hours from now, nine o'clock tonight on SiriusXM. All right, DJ Tour Station. See that he's learned how to play the promotion game. He's, <laughs> he's all over it. He's all. Hey, I got that in. Yeah, you did. Nice job. Appreciate it, Charlie. Good luck. <laughs> okay. Bye. Of course, when you're a college coach, you have to know the recruiting game, so you're always selling. That that that's part. Salesman is like the number one job, and then being a tactician probably comes second. Uh, I can only imagine, or maybe much deeper. You know, in the we queue. we spend our time talking football, and you know, and and whether it's Jimbo or or Coach Bowden, and kids get drafted, and they end up, you know, Nigel playing in the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl with the with the Philadelphia uh, squad. Uh, I can only imagine some of the things that Trey thinks about with with uh, the kids that have come through his program, most notably recently uh, Kepka, uh, and how he keeps track with him. I can assure you that, that he's going to be paying attention to what goes on in Jacksonville this weekend. Yeah, no question. Kepka, I think number eleven in the in the rankings right now. We'll step aside, come back, put some final thoughts uh, on this week's show right after this. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. As you just heard, ctf.nu is the website for Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. A couple locations, though. Visit them in person. Tell Ron and his staff that Keith and I said hello. They're at 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. If you're lazy, which two of us have been known to be, you can pick up the phone, 580-1200. Well, and hats off to Cornerstone, too, uh, if you've been listening to the station. Uh, other times uh, during the day, uh, their tribute to Elevens uh, uh, getting the uh, wins record, uh, Ron, and, and those guys uh, follow baseball very closely. They're at uh, Cornerstone, great supporters, all-around supporters of the program. I do think you're right that we probably are not appreciating what that milestone is enough. It did feel better when it happened than I thought it was going to feel leading up to it, maybe because of the outpouring of just comments and uh, tributes like you're talking about with Cornerstone or in the paper or on social media or what have you. But it, it is a heck of a number. It really is. You know, We talked about the fact it would have been great to, to get it in the Miami series because that's where the first win came back in 1990. That didn't happen. 1980. 80, excuse me. Excuse me. Thank you. 1980. Um that would have been great. Uh, I think uh, being able to be on national TV on Monday night and have it uh, being talked about 
kind of lent some to the national perspective. And again, that goes back to our point. I think we don't appreciate it because we're right here. We we have the privilege of knowing 11 and we saw Junior growing up and saw him play and we know Miss Carroll and, you know, we know about the rivalry with Morris and we know Delmonico and we know that um, McLeod is coaching at TCC and we know this and we know that and we know the other because we've all been here and uh, and Colonel Baker uh, being a part of it and, and we lose sight of how big a deal it really is because it's in front of us. And I think that's just human nature. Baseball starts an eight-game homestand tonight. We talked uh, comprehensively, really, about Florida State Athletics for the first time in a long time. But uh, that old Director's Cup, things are going to be looking up for Florida State when you factor in, uh, as I wrap up, that you know the men's basketball team was in the Elite Eight. The women finished in the Sweet 16. The beach volleyball team just finished as national National runners-up. The softball team is going to be a top eight national seed, probably win the ACC again. Men's and women's golf, hopefully both into the NCAA championship and track, literally back on track as they head to the postseason. So things are good, and football is still a few months away. Does that sum it up? Yep. He's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll do this again next week. So long, everybody. Broken down. Now you bring it up. I'm going to ring it up just to hear you sing it out. Step from the road to the sea to the sky, and I do believe what we 